Welcome to the Final Draft Podcast. My name is Andrew Popel. It has been a minute between episodes. Thank you so much, everyone, for coming back and joining me for new books, writing, and literary culture from Final Draft. Now, the Final Draft Podcast, if you are joining us for the first time, we are all about books, writing, and literary culture. Every week, I broadcast a show called Final Draft. It is out of the studios of 2SER in Sydney. And here at Final Draft, we are dedicated to exploring Australian writing from debut authors to the classics that you know and love. All of these conversations are about looking at the issues that drive storytelling to help us discover more from the books we love. These are the stories that make us who we are. Now, here at 2SER, we broadcast from the lands of the Gadigal people. I record on the lands of the Darug and the Gunungurra people. I want to acknowledge the traditional owners of those lands and pay my respect to their ongoing connection to their lands, acknowledging that these are unceded lands and treaty has never been made with Australia's First Nations. Today on the show, we are getting back in with something live and local. Addy Road Writers' Festival is an independent writers' festival in Sydney's Marrickville. Now in its third year, Addy Road Writers Festival is building a reputation for the conversations that you can't find anywhere else. And I am joined on the show by Mark Mordieu and Sheila Nyokfam. And they are the artistic directors. They are going to give me a little bit of insight into what they set out to do when they created Addy Road Writers Festival, what's coming up in this year's festival, and just a little bit more about why festivals are so essential to the literary scene. This is the Final Draft Podcast. My name's Andrew Popel, and I cannot wait to share with you Mark Mordieu and Sheila Nyokfam on the Addy Road Writers Festival. Addy Road Writers Festival down in Marrickville is happening on Saturday, the 20th of May, and I am joined by the Festival Artistic Directors, Mark Mordieu and Sheila Nyokfam. Uh, Mark, he's a writer, an editor, journalist and poet. Sheila's a writer, editor and producer. It is terrific to have them here. Welcome, guys. Welcome. I'm so excited to hear about the festival coming up. Thank you. Thanks, Andrew. Great to be here. And this is, I mean, I'm, I'm talking about it like this is, you know, uh, springing forth from the earth um, this year. But in fact, the Addy Road Writers Festival, it's had a short but eventful history. Can you take us back? Was it 20, 2020 or 2021 to where it all began and, and what you wanted to achieve getting a festival off the ground? Yeah, I guess that question bats to me. Uh, it was 2021. Uh, I was sensing a lot of dissatisfaction with the Sydney Writers Festival, but also it connected to the atmosphere with COVID and and the beginnings of the lockdowns and just this sense of people being kind of isolated and separated and particularly in the arts, you know, music. There'd been a hugely happening um, spoken word thing uh, that was just kind of had the legs chopped out from under it. Uh, and also this whole thing of, of generational conflict but not ideas and aesthetic uh unity and conversation across generations was something in the back of my mind too. So I felt a different kind of festival with a different aesthetic and a different philosophy was possible. And I just also just sensed there were just a lot of writers and voices out there feeling isolated uh, and wanting to, to, to just do something in the vaguest sense. So I contacted all my friends and their friends of friends, writers, uh, poets, musicians and said I had this idea and really threw it together in three weeks 
And that was the first Addy Road Riders uh, Festival in 2021. Uh, we, you know, we got about 120 people on the day. Everybody donated their, their, their talents and their energies, especially the Addy Road Community Organisation who gave us the venue for free and, you know, volunteers and have, have continued to do that as the festival's gotten bigger. Uh, and it was just a very successful day. And then next year, uh, and Sheila can kind of pick up the the, the, the tab of this story, but the, we started to talk a bit more and she came on board as artistic co-director and brought a whole other network of people and ideas. And basically, without wanting to seem like I'm bragging, we smashed it and we got about 500 <laughs> people. We had two venues. Uh, we probably went a little bit too epic for our own sort of mental well-being and health, but um, it was just a, a, a mega day. And we had incredible people there, like the poet you know, Robert Adamson. It was the last festival that he uh, ever was uh you know, involved with as, as a literary event. Um, there were a bunch of other, uh, you know, in, incredibly significant writers and authors. And suddenly we realised that, that the Addy Road Writers Festival is a going proposition. In West Council had got on board and given us a grant. Uh, Addison Road Community Organisation had put even more energy and volunteers and, and yeah, just a whole swathe of things behind it and, and the community hunger for it, like the energy, you know, like you could feel it uh, and or we can feel it again now as we're heading towards our, our third birthday and our third event on Saturday, 20th of May. Yeah, well, I can, um, yeah, let me, let me pick up a different thread. So in 2021, I remember, you know, because Mark and I were Facebook friends, we had met once for a coffee years before when he was the editor of Neighbourhood paper and I was working at Story Factory on a nonfiction project. Um, and, you know, we, at that time we, you know, just had met up. And then I think, you know, mom, we just became Facebook friends like you do these days. And I remember being very excited when I saw that first Eddie Road Festival pop up in 2021 because funnily enough, in for at least six months, probably more, in fact, I'd been having conversations with people about having an alternative writing festival, something a bit more kind of local and community-based. Um, and then when I saw Mark, you know, had just launched a festival out of nowhere, it really excited me to see what he had done, even though I, I really couldn't make that first one because it was a clash. And then um, I've been trying to work out because it's been very organic how we've sort of come together over this. But I think what actually happened in the end was during the lockdowns of 2021, I ended up writing um, a piece for The Guardian that went a bit viral. It was about the effects of lockdown in um, southwest and western Sydney, where, and I live in the southwest. And um, through that, I just got all these new connections. And and then I ended up um, being in this kind of Zoom forum and Rosanna Barbero was in that one. And she um, is the CEO of Addison Road Community Organization. And it's through that that I ended up just um, kind of re-engaging with Addie Road. Um, and I think from that, somehow, I think I just sort of wormed my way into the artistic um, co-director role with Mark. But, you know, we got on great. And, um, yeah, and we had met before anyway. And I think even by that stage, we'd already been talking. Like, I'd have a look back through our messages. But it's very interesting how organic this whole process has been um, and just how there was that we both had felt in our different quarters and our different kind of writing circles. I think we had felt um, it's kind of restlessness about, what it meant for a big, large literary festival to dominate the city mm. and not much kind of other alternatives around that. This this mm. has a real vibe of 120 in the first year, but 20 years from now there's going to be thousands of people claiming that they were there um, <laughs> as you grow and grow. I was really interested. You've both made this this comment, and I read in your uh, your director's statement you refer to the festival as, as an unofficial fringe to the Sydney Writers' Festival. And I, I love 
anything that proliferates artistic events, particularly those centered on writing. But I'm really interested in that that space that you felt needed to be uh, to be filled, the voices and the discussions that you felt maybe weren't happening. Yeah, I mean, I, I could pick that up. Yeah, no, I mean, it's just something I've observed for many years. And and actually my history with the Sydney Rice Festival goes back about 20 years anyway. Like when I was um, my final year of university, I was editing this a student magazine at Sydney Uni. And um, at that time, the Sydney Rice Festival was still pretty small. Like it was at the time, it was headed by Meredith Kerner, who's now a very well-known publisher. And they were um, out of the Seymour Centre. And so I just started going like a day a week into the office just to like, you know, help out and hang around. So I was really, you know, it was very early on, but I used to love being involved with the Writers Festival, you know, 20 years ago. It was a really, that's how I ended up, I guess, learning a lot about literary culture myself and attending writers talks. Well, I hadn't studied literature at university. Um, and yeah, and I, I remember what a powerful like way it was for me to really connect with writers and just learn all about that. But then I could see how it grew and grew over the years. Um, and it's funny what you say, like, I don't know that the goal is to have something as big as the Sydney Rice Festival. I think that's a totally different kind of beast. Like it's very corporatized, you know, it's multi-million dollar um, enterprise. There are, very, there are a lot of good things about it. Like I don't want to like dismiss it. Um, but I guess the idea of a fringe is interesting because if you think about so many of the world's festivals, there's often like a, an official, you know, um, big festival. It could be like the Edinburgh Festival or something. And then there's the fringe, which is sometimes even bigger these days, but not big in the sense of it in itself being one large entity, but just in that it actually just opens up a lot of spaces for lots of voices. Um, I don't know. I mean, that's what we've, we actually did talk about this last year, how last year it was much more Mark and I sort of really programming things between us. And then, but we really wanted to involve other people. And then I think we've, we have um, been able to do that a little bit this year um, and bring in some other curators essentially. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a really interesting point. It's because I mean, it's, I mean, I've been using this phrase a little. It sounds kind of a bit self-conscious, but I really like this idea of kind of decentralising cultural power and and it's not a healthy thing for monopolies or too few entities to sort of control or dominate any scene. So, you know, the Sydney Writers Festival does fantastic work, particularly with the overseas writers. And, yeah, the origins of the festival were a little bit rebellious and a little bit up you and a little bit you know, we're, we're going to stir things up, but, but, but really we're, we're a complement to that. And, you know, you, you want a, a healthy culture uh, regionally uh, um, in terms of the sort of diverse areas around the city. And, you know, ideally uh, you'd have you know, half a dozen of these sort of festivals at, at, at least sort of happening around the city. And they seem to be happening anyway. I've noticed there's a kind of outgrowth uh, of literary festivals and similarly related cultural events happening all over the state and all over the country. So Addy Road Writers Festival isn't just a one-off. There's some kind of desire for communities to uh, assert themselves and within the arts for artists to sort of regain control and and have have just have more outlets, you know, because we're sort of, on the one hand, inundated by cultural inputs, but there's a lack of kind of curatorial focus and a lack of a sense of alliance and a, a power through some sense of, 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 of common will, which is not the same thing as, as the same and common opinion. That's that's different. Mm. Um, so I, I think we're both a, a, we're, we're, we're kind of a, a healthy undergrowth and, and fringe, yes, to the Sydney Writers' Festival, but 
I believe over time w- will be a kind of hothouse that only makes the Sydney Riders Festival that much stronger too. And hopefully there'll be other sort of smaller events that sort of, you know, crop up all over the place, just one-off nights that, that, that then we, of course, can sort of, you know, take advantage of. Like, so the whole culture is better and, and everybody, you know, pe- people have more options, you know, like r- riders, journalists. We, you know, we talk about media monopolies, but there are other forms of monopoly too. People need, uh, need to not feel that they've got to obey or, or walk down one road. The dream, just like gigs, just like sport, that you can go to some sort of literary event every weekend, if you choose, and uh, and have FOMO every other weekend because you could you, you have to stay at home sometimes and read. Yeah, but it's not just built for the audience, it's for the, the writers, the artists, the musicians, poets as, as well, because there is a tendency for people to feel that they have to function within certain institutions or pathways. Yeah, I, I, and actually, I just want to add, but, but yeah, I guess we want to acknowledge that there actually is stuff that happens all the time anyway. So we're just another example of that, right? Even in Sydney, and Sydney is such a large, sprawling, you know, um, you know, I don't know, metropolis that of course it has very different communities within that. And so, I mean, Addy Road has a particular communities around it, but I mean, of course, it's not just people in the inner west, really. I mean, because we've got a bit more like a broader focus than that as well. But I think, like, you know, I know I do a lot of work in Western Sydney, and there's like we, you know, I've been organising events um, in the Western suburbs or at public libraries, like that happens everywhere. And I think as Mark says, that's a sign of more of a healthy culture as well. Mm. And I do, and I think, I suppose one thing um, for me personally, like doing these kinds of, um, you know, independent festivals and events is to really try and model something for other people too. Like, cause I work with a lot of young writers and mentor them. And I see, I do see this tendency that they feel like they need to get permission from institutions or go through institutions. And I'm always saying to them, you can just go to a library with this idea for a talk yourself. Like, that there is actually um, there is some infrastructure that you can actually access, but people don't always know where to start, I guess. And you have to have a bit of a um, a bit of guts, probably, and a bit of entrepreneurial mindset yourself to just go. I'm just going to, you know, run this writers' talk or writers' festival, even. Yeah. Let's come to this year. I would love for you guys to tell me about your theme for the 2023 festival, Inner Worlds. Okay. Well, I mean, uh, the Inner Worlds idea. Uh, came partly through the idea that, you know, even as we're here communicating on Zoom, that we're, we're living these public and private lives all the time through social media. So kind of our, our, our inner world, our private world and our public life are, 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 are mixed up um, and, and kind of synthetic too. Um, so there's that kind of inner world that's made public through sort of social media and the ways we now communicate. But there are, Sheila sort of hinted at this just before when she was speaking. There are these other inner worlds that are locked away geographically in terms of you know, ethnicity and the, the multicultural fabric of the city, in terms of class, which no one talks, likes to talk about, but which is a, a very real thing that's often um, particularly excluded in the arts. Um, or overlooked, you know, I might be putting that a bit too strongly. Um, so there are these other inner worlds that, that and and the, the need for cross-generational conversation because we're living in these sort of inner and, and in some ways shut worlds uh, through sort of the, the generational uh, kind of warfare, if you that is a bit of a distraction from uh, ideas and art and and concerns around inequality and how we communicate with one another, I believe. 
Um, and just, you know, more just basic aesthetically that, that of course, art, music, books, writing, it, it's about us communicating the inner world of our thoughts and our ideas in deeper and and more time-considered ways. So you, you actually get to a real uh, state of intimacy through books uh, and through poetry and through music that you don't really get in the same way uh, via social media and and through other forms. So you know that art and literature and communities coming together to celebrate it are vectors for 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 a real inner world to form, and that's an inner world of intimacy and closeness. Can I expand on the question a little bit before I throw it to you, Sheila? Because uh, I'm also very interested in the way a theme then informs your work as artistic directors. How does a theme support or guide your curating a festival lineup? Oh, I mean, I think um, we had already worked out of probably at least half our lineup before we came up with the theme, to be uh, to be honest. And then I, I remember, like, I think Mark and I, you know, we're from messaging each other and I think we'll bounce around different ideas um, and then the inner worlds one I mean yeah it was just something kind of another organic um, theme that emerged but I mean inner worlds is just I think a timeless theme really um, and I, there was an article someone wrote a while back that I kind of I sort of remember like the thread of which was around especially as a writer these days you have to be quite careful with really protecting your inner world too like I think this is where social media and it's not just for writers for all of us it has such a corrosive effect effect on like you know and like mark and i are prolific social media users so maybe you know but, but even then you know you sort of balancing you know between you know actually like protecting yourself and your thoughts and feelings and that and then the sort of the public display of that as well um and i think actually what mark says um before about the intergenerational thing i mean that's something that i've talked about a lot in regards to this first one and i'm really proud of that aspect i feel like we capture you know some of that really well because I mean, there is a bias towards um. I think they say it, it's called presentism, where like and also social media, it's always been in the present, and that's what it, that's what it's designed for. Like it's all about capturing, you know, what's happening right now, you know, today, and then we sort of then lose this kind of memory across the generations as well, and this ability to have these deeper conversations because it's all very surface level. And so I think then that's where like um thinking about you know just not so much the theme specifically in a world, but just thinking about what are we trying to do with a festival like this? It's a we're trying to carve out a a public space to at least as far as I mean there are limitations to public conversations as well right because in a sense it's not like natural like you're having a dinner party or or even just to a conversation between friends but at least we can create a bit of intimacy and you know allow people to then really engage at that level where we're trying to just be, go just a little bit deeper um and especially in a way this is why it's good if it's only a few hundred people which is probably what we'll get you know we'll get, we'll get hundreds and, and that'd be great but that is smaller actually it's, it's not a thousands of people festival and I think um, last year, and we all felt it too, like you'd have like these really beautiful conversations that happened that were only possible because it was in the intimacy of, you know, what we had created through the Addie Road Writers Festival. Mm. Is, is there an element then of the theme sort of almost a seed for the the canny festival goer who is aware in advance and you have given them an idea that they can take into the talks and, and that expands through the conversations that, that are had on the day? I I guess what Sheila says is true. Really, you know, it's it's all pretty natural. You know, we start approaching writers and uh, performers that we like, and then they make suggestions. And as that all starts coming together, we start to wonder. But it's not like we have a theme and then kind of 
pour them into the bucket. It, it, it's kind of just, it's as much an outgrowth of the the, the people that we've begun selecting and mm. and just the, the sound of something, you know, that it's sort of, so it's, it, you're right, it introduces an idea really or a catchphrase that, that makes people, an audience perhaps reflect back on what they're getting through the different panels and trying to give it some sort of unifying flavour without being too prohibitive and restrictive. Um, so, you know, uh, I mean, like one of Sheila has talked about this a lot and mentioned it before the intergenerational thing. And I, I really appreciated working with Sheila. Uh, the strange fact that we know so we, we know so many people, uh, both of us that, that we share, but also that we have these other networks that are entirely different. And yet, you know, maybe we live 10 miles apart or whatever, mm-hmm. but it tells you something about the city and the literary scene and the generational nature of it as well. Um, so that's just been a great kind of process. And to, to actually in talking of this inner worlds thing and the way in which people need to protect themselves online to find in my kind of casual conversations with Sheila, that both of us can be really free about our ideas about art, politics, people, identity, and and not be hung up and paranoid and frightened that we'll be misunderstood with one another and that we can say things casually and in a relaxed and humorous way and communicate and and develop ideas and for it not to be all kind of inhibited and and walking on eggshells, which is just fantastic, you know. And I guess that spirit that I find between Sheila and I and how easy it is to communicate is something that I hope can kind of sort of flow through the festival and be encouraged and for people on the day. Just a simple sort of physical thing is there's no green room at Addy Road for the writers, which might be a bit frustrating, but we just physically don't have it. But accidentally through that, what happens, of course, is that all the writers and performers are floating around with the audience. So it's people are mingling with one another and there's, not that much differentiation between uh, the crowd and the uh, and the artists and writers involved, which means there's a lot of opportunity for people to just casually and randomly and even kind of obliviously strike up conversations that are really helpful to, to everybody. Mm. All right, the time has come uh, for the hardest question that I can ask any festival director anywhere. I need you to give me a pick or maybe each give me a pick or even just a whistle-stop tour of what punters can hope to find when they visit the Addison Road Centre next weekend? Um, <laughs> that is the hardest question. Dramatic Because, pause. I mean, where do we, where do we, where do we begin? Um, you know, I mean, look, I think for one thing, the way we've conceived of it this year, I think which has um, worked out really well, is it's, it's not like a, it's, you know, 11 to 6 p.m. So if... And tickets are, you know, it's very affordable. It's like $25 or $30 on the door. If you're unemployed, it's free. If concession, it's $15. It really doesn't get much cheaper than that. And if you came for the whole day, you would experience so many different kinds of talks that, that there's a kind, there's a, there's a um, serendipity there too, I think, because you might go along, you, you wouldn't expect to be listening to, I mean, some of the ones that I'm looking forward to, for example, to, to answer your question, um, you know, I, and these are some of Mark's contacts, which are so interesting. Um, there's a guy who, um, who was in, in prison before, and then he started a journal of writing called Paper Change, Damien Lenane. And I think that's so interesting, like, to have, um, you know, that's the sort of uh, voice that I don't, I don't know much about at all, and I'm really kind of looking forward to hearing him speak to learn more about, you know, where he's coming from. Um, and, you know, these are sort of like voices from the margins, I think, that um, 
you know, that we do need to hear more from. And I think this is where, you know, we've created space for that. So that's, that's one of my picks. Um, I'd say like, um, yeah, I'll say that then Damien the name. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> um, oh, boy, there are so many. I, 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 uh, I mean, the most popular one I think will be uh, at this stage, I'm guessing, uh, is the songwriting muse or machination one, and that's about um, about the gaps between you know influence and inspiration uh, and uh, just out- outright plagiarism uh, in in music, and of course th- that kind of theme is a pretty topical theme in literature as well. And that's put together by a really great musician called Murray Cook, who was in Warumpi Band and Mixed Relations and a host of other people. And he's got Jim Mogeny of Midnight Oil to, to join in, Amanda Brown of The Go-Betweens and Regimon Bassa. Everyone knows his art, but he was in Mentalist Anything and Dog Trumpet. And they're going to talk about that whole process. And, I mean, that's probably an example, too, of the cross-media nature of the mm-hmm. festival, too, if I can use that kind of terminology, because... <laughs> We're interested in writing not simply as a text-based thing but in its different forms and and storytelling and modes of communication while we still want to kind of anchor it in in, in great novels and, and, and poetry too. But uh, that's bound to be something that, that people really get into. And um, I guess related to that, which is another music one, so I'm, I'm probably cheating a bit to mention the music stuff when it's a literary festival, but I am really proud that we've got uh, the Aboriginal band No Fixed Address to oh, yeah. come along. We've got Bart Willoughby and um, uh, Ricky Harrison, who are the principal songwriters for the band. Uh, their song We Have Survived was the, basically the land rights anthem of the early 1980s. You know, The Clash invited them to tour with them when they came to Australia, as did Ian Dury. Cultures who used to take them out on the road. Musicians know about them, but they're a very political and fiery band, uh, and they 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 suffered, they, were, they toured Europe, but a lot of people historically don't know about them. And yet, within the First Nations community, they would be as significant as Cultures and Midnight Oil. But wider Australia has no idea they were even there. So they're coming along to talk about a book by Donald Robertson uh, that is a biography of the band and their lives, their music, their lyrics, their messages. Um, they're reforming for a national tour this year, so they're just kind of warming up, really. But it's a real honour to have them, uh, and they're a, a, a benchmark, vital part of our history, and it's great to sort of um, to, to be honoured by their presence, basically. It it sounds like a fantastic lineup, and. I would say you guys have only scratched the surface. That's that's fair to say. If people want to get more details, they can go to addyroad.org.au forward slash writers festival. We'll put them up on the final draft socials. But um, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give everyone the details because we've mentioned it a few times. This is all happening next weekend, the twentieth of May from eleven AM to six PM. The venue is the Addison Road Community Center. If you're if you're from the inner west, you probably already know it. It is a fantastic place that I, I love so much. When I used to live around there, I would be at the markets every week. And if people want to get tickets, they can go to Humanitics. Uh, and again, we're going to chuck that all up on the socials. I want to say thank you to Mark Mordieu and Sheila Nokfam. Uh, guys, artistic directors, it looks like an incredible lineup. And I'm just so happy you had the ch- time to come on the show. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you. Thanks, Andrew. 
That's it for this incredible conversation with Mark Mordieu and Sheila Nyokfam. Thank you very much again to Mark and Sheila for joining me, sharing the Addy Road Writers Festival. Go and check it out. Final Draft is recorded on the lands of the Darug and the Gunungurra people. I pay my respects to the traditional owners. The show is produced and presented by Andrew Popel. Stay in touch with the show. You will find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Just look for at Final Draft 2SER. If you subscribe in your podcast app, we are back. Regular episodes are going to be flowing through. And it means you get a new incredible conversation with an Australian writer every week plus bonuses. My name is Andrew Popel. I'm going to be back with more incredible Australian authors every week. Till next week. Happy reading. Bye for now.